Welcome to the X-Men Task Podcast. My name is Willie Simpson. And I'm Sonia Rappaport. And today we're discussing Beauty and the Beast, the 10th episode of the second season, the 23rd episode overall. And this episode is a slice-of-life episode. Um, I guess the slice-of-beast life, we should say. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, uh, I just assumed, based on my faulty memory, that this would be like a beast origin story. It really isn't. No. Although they do touch on it a little bit. Yeah, but it is a, a beast focus episode. Yeah, it's it's a beast solo episode. Um, and unlike our typical X-Men adventures, this one is it's pretty disconnected from the overall thread line, at least the main focus of the story is. Mm-hmm. Um, although the, the various X-Men plots we've been following do come up mm-hmm. and intertwine in different ways. Um, essentially, we learn that Beast is a doctor slash researcher slash surgeon, maybe, at a uh, hospital for the blind. And he's been working with his friend, Dr. Bolson, to cure a patient's blindness. Mm-hmm. This patient being a uh, pretty young woman named uh, Carly. So it's just this is just an interesting aspect of Beast's character that they sometimes go into, highlighting that Beast has like a rich, full world outside of the X Men. Mm-hmm. He's not like Cyclops, who's just basically you know a full time X Men. Yeah, like Professor course. X's you know agent more or less. Yeah, Beast is like out doing things in the world. Right, he has a job clearly. Right, he's got. Well, he might have more than one job. Uh-huh. Even you know he's. <laughs> You know, we've seen him testifying before Congress, and uh, he, he's like he's he's generally more of a public ad- advocate for mutant rights than most of the other X Men. Mm-hmm. But this is like sort of unrelated to that. This is like his side gig because Beast is a enormous genius, right? So um, you know, here he is just like doing work that. Well, he he sort of says it later in the episode that. He focuses on. He throws himself in work to sort of forget about his mutant troubles, mm-hmm. of which he, you know, is plagued uh, more severely than some of the other X Men. Right. He's extra motivated in this job, though, because of Carly, who we find out is, I don't know, like kind of his girlfriend. Well, they, they're falling for each other. Right. They're getting so, that doctor-patient magical love story thing <laughs> going on. Uh, uh yeah. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's um, treating her in a really effective way, as we'll find out. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that's sort of the scene that's been laid out. Uh, you see that Beast is very sort of comfortably accepted in this hospital. This Dr. Bolson, this blonde-haired guy, is his friend. Um, they understand that Beast is a genius, and they don't really care that he's a big, blue, furry mutant. So, but uh, but almost right away, some there's an explosion, <laughs> At the mm-hmm. hospital, and it's quite clearly the friends of humanity are old pals. Right, but at the very beginning, uh, like before the explosion happens, two guys come into the room where Carly is speaking to Doctor Bolson and Beast, mm-hmm. and like they look at Doctor Bolson, and he like gives them a look, like not right now kind of look or right, something like yeah. that, and then they leave, and then right shortly after that, the explosion happens, right? Mm-hmm. So that made me, like, pretty suspicious of Dr. Bolson in the beginning. Oh, you were you were suspicious of good old Dr. Bolson. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, hold on to your suspicions mm-hmm. <laughs> and your hats. Um, we'll see if Dr. Bolson, we'll see where his heart truly lies uh-huh. as we keep talking about this. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, it is the Friends of Humanity attacking this hospital, Um and it's a pretty, you know, like all their attacks, uh, it's it's pretty nasty. 
they send an explosion. Uh, mm-hmm. Beast springs into action. He like he takes Doctor Bolson and Carly, and he jumps them both out like a three story window. Yep, uh, to safety. Right. Yeah. He's got very like dexterous jumping powers, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess extreme leg muscles that don't mind you know jumping three stories or whatever. So um, he's a hero at all times. Uh, the Friends of Humanity are the old gang. Is there? It's like a dual attack slash protest because there's the regular Friends of Humanity goons wearing their dumb berets, uh, like marching around doing the violence. But then there's also like regular protesters too on their side. Right. And that and the uh, the sort of asshole in chief uh, Creed is leading the charge in his you know dark red suit of evil mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. armband, very Nazi esque. So uh, Beast again, he hates. He kind of hates violence. Um, but he's forced to fight with these guys, and it hasn't been the first time. So there's like a really funny line that just uh, really captures Beast's character wonderfully. And the writers of the show always write. He's probably the best written character on the show, like bar none, and the smartest. And they they don't hold back. So while he's like beating up some goons, he says, uh, "I'm sorry, gentlemen. Your anger at the inexorable alienation of late 20th century life is sadly misdirected." <laughs> now, can you break down the statement for us, Sonia? Can I? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, basically, inexorable is like you you can't, it's something like unstoppable, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, you know, the modern age is like alienating us, us all, and you're mad about it. <laughs> the and late 90s. Yeah, or right. the, the 90s, right? Late right. 20th century life. So it's right. impossible to stop the alienation of late 20th century life. Right. And you're taking it out on mutants. Right. When he, he said, shouldn't. Right. <laughs> so what should they be taking it out on? What, how should you best direct what your the alienation that's impossible uh, not to feel in our modern times? Uh, mindfulness and meditation. Right, yeah. Or like <laughs> learning how to play guitars. <laughs> Writing a poem, perhaps. Right. Reading Dostoevsky as Beast might do, mm-hmm. and we we got to say something about the actor who portrays Beast. His name is George Buzza, or perhaps it's pronounced Buza, or Buza, or Buza. That actually sounds better, George Buza. Well, sorry, just, George. Well, well, no, we're not sorry to him. Uh, we love George. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say your last name oh, correctly. But the, I'm sure he doesn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> George Buza, let's say um, he is phenomenal. Uh, much like uh, Lenore Zahn, we discovered last. She's also phenomenal. George, he is maybe the best voice actor on the show. He really inhabits the character of Beast. <laughs> I think we've said that already about, about many characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they're he all, is. He's he's really good. <laughs> they're all great. They all are incredibly uh, fantastic. The entire cast, but uh, George Beast is really great. And it says something. He uh, Brian Singer. As we've said many times, when he was preparing the, the first X-Men movie, he watched the entire animated series, um, and he loved it, too. And I guess his favorite character was Beast, hmm. we can assume, um, at least from the animated series, because he, he puts George Biza in that movie. Mm-hmm. He's the guy in the movie, if you remember, who picks Rogue up and drops her off in Alaska somewhere in a truck. Hmm. And um, he actually had that, and he has like a, a line. He says, "This is Lawn City." When Rogue says, "I thought you were taking me there," so mm-hmm. that's his famous line. And then you kind of see him later. He's like passed out in the bar where Wolverine is introduced, mm-hmm. and he witnesses Wolverine's claws. And there's like a great look on his face. Mm-hmm. And I always like to think this is the uh, the voice actor seeing the X Men finally come to life in a way. Right. And it's like it's cool that he gets to witness it. Yeah. 
So so good on George. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I love the character of Beast in the show. He's he's so incredibly articulate and like has got such like the most gentlest soul and yeah. You know, I always really liked him too as a kid. Right. Yeah. Because he's like super intelligent yeah. and like you know as like a nerdy kid yeah. <laughs> valued smarts. <laughs> I would yeah. watch the show and be like, Beast's so smart. I really like him. Yeah. And in this episode, more than anything, you really see his humanity. You yeah. know, like he's in this. It's it's such a credit to the voice acting and to the way it's written that I. Even watching a silly cartoon like this, I always ignore his, like, appearance. He just seems normal. Mm -hmm. You know, his humanity always shines through the character. He doesn't look like a hideous... Like, he, he couldn't be more hideous looking. He's bright blue... Right, he's like taller, m- mostly taller than everyone else. When he doesn't slouch, mm-hmm. you know, he's super muscular and big. Has like big gnarly claws out of his toes and fingers, mm-hmm. and he's got like a bestial overbite. Yeah, you know, and he's got Wolverine's hair too, which is really funny. I think right. he's got the same blue hair as Wolverine, mm-hmm. um, and he oh. wears he wears underpants all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, but despite all that, he's just like you never really like pay attention to it. He's just like a normal. He's so like kind and gentle, right? And the voice of reason so often, right? Yeah. So just a great character, and this is like I said, a great spotlight for him in this episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that you know, uh, the friends of humanity attack the hospital. Uh, Wolverine. Uh, has been witnessing this on the X-Men uh, computers, uh, which the X-Men are, we've seen thus far, are kept abreast of many of the world's events. They watch a lot of news in their basement there, in the sort of Cerebro room. And he smashes the computer, and he immediately wants to take on the Friends of Humanity. And Gene has to kind of talk him down. And Wolverine says, yeah, no, X-Men don't seek revenge. And... <laughs> In that moment, I wondered, like, have the X-Men yeah, sought revenge? Yeah, I was revenge? wondering like, that, too. I, I don't like, know. They definitely are violent a lot of times. Yeah. And... I feel like I don't... I'd have to... If you remember specifically uh, if and when the X-Men have taken revenge up to this point, or if they do in the future, <laughs> let us know in the Facebook discussion group. <laughs> I, I feel like this is just, like, a rule that they threw in, like, just right for the purposes of this episode. Right. We haven't heard that explicitly stated before, but, yeah. you know... I mean, so much of Wolverine's backstory and character is based on revenge in a lot of ways, too. Right. So, well, maybe that's why he doesn't, like, maybe the gene mesh just, into the X-Men right. society or, at all. Or maybe Gene just made up this rule specifically for him. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be misplaced. It's the Wolverine rule. Yeah, Jubilee, you go seek revenge. Wolverine, <laughs> no. You, no revenge for you. Um... And so Wolverine sort of promises not to seek revenge, but he is going to go tackle this problem in his own way. So mm-hmm. he heads off on a mission. Uh, Jean is, like, also really distraught about this, all these events. And at this point, she um, she desperately, like, touches her head, and she's mentally scanning for the professor and like, a sort of like a wild, like, desperate hope. Right. But he's nowhere to be contacted for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't find him, but then we get to see him. Right, we see where he is, and we know right. where he is. Yeah, right. But it's, like, it's funny because it's, like, she can't contact him because, just to remind everyone that in the Savage Land, where he's stranded with Magneto, um, his legs were given the ability to work, but he lost his powers, mm-hmm. as did Magneto, so she wouldn't be able to psychically link up with him. So that's why she hasn't had any luck. But she, well, but isn't there something else with the Savage Land? 
because like she's <laughs> it's in like able... a no Wi-Fi zone. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it's in like a it's dead like spot a... for psychic activity. Yeah, right. Exactly. No, I, I think if the well, because yeah. she can find, she can like locate anybody. <laughs> yeah. and like make this psychic link with them. They don't have to be psychic too. She does that to yeah. like other mutants. I would and say, humans, I would like... say generally that the psychic X Men have the best luck connecting with other mutants first and foremost. Uh Well, even before that, they have best luck connecting with other psychics they can connect with. Mm -hmm. They can detect the presence of other psychics. Then beyond that, it's easier for them to to detect mutants because there's so few of them. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I guess theoretically they could track down humans... But it doesn't seem... I think just, like, plot-wise, they don't usually have reason that they need to. Right, yeah, right, yeah. And Professor X is sort of technically in human mode at this point. I I I don't know. Right, yeah. I mean, he isn't really. He's not... His genetics aren't different. I mean, his genetics haven't changed. Right. I mean, who knows? Maybe his DNA did change. Like, he's walking somehow, even though he's paralyzed. Yeah. And his brain powers don't work. So, like, who knows what's going on in the Savage Land. But, like, typically, uh, finding normal people is not... Uh, the X Men strong suit. Uh huh. You, right. you kind of need to. Well, be that's mean. why he needed Cerebro. Yeah, I mean, he needs Cerebro just even to expand that. But, yeah. Right. Anyway, Jean's getting desperate. But like you said, cut to the Savage Land. We see Magneto and the Professor uh, traipsing around a swamp, and uh, they fall for the old uh, captured in a net trick <laughs> <laughs> that's befallen so many heroes in so many different like movies and TV shows. So true. Uh, you know, most notably Chewbacca and Han Solo and. Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're captured, and they're captured by uh, a mutant we haven't seen before. His name is Amphibious. <laughs> Wait, who's there? <laughs> Someone just walked into this room? <laughs> That's my favorite thing about this character. He slurps before and after every <laughs> sentence that he says. Yeah, he's quite slurpy with all... <laughs> Which is, like, pretty gross, actually. He's just, like, but... constantly drooling that he has to slurp in his slurp. I guess. You don't see him drool, but he makes that noise. Like, yeah. Always. Yeah, I like your amphibious uh, impression. Can you give us a taste? <laughs> What's the line that he says? I don't know. <laughs> you must come with me now. <laughs> <laughs> the master will not be pleased. <laughs> Does he say that? <laughs> he says that in a later episode. <laughs> That's my favorite amphibious line of all time. So, I mean, we haven't even described what he looks like. He's just like this big, like green bug-eyed lizard man that also wears underpants. <laughs> he, he covers up his shame a little bit. Of course. He's got, like, big, like, red bug eyes, and like we said, he's... I don't know what he's eating that makes him uh, drool so much all the time. I feel like Is he's... It's just that amphibians are, like, moist all the time. I don't know. I, I just imagine him just, like, throwing back pixie sticks constantly. <laughs> But um, they managed, you know, Amphibious is like one of these really like dumb mutants, and uh, they managed to easily escape from him. And uh, you know, so uh, on onward go Magneto and Professor X. Like, who knows what they're even looking for at this point? Uh, lost in the middle of the jungle there, right in Antarctica. Um, so that's the, so we check. So that's our. We actually didn't. Even, I don't even think we checked in on them in the last episode. So no, I haven't seen them it, for a while. Yeah, so it's good to see they're still alive. Um, anyway, uh, cut back to New York City. Wolverine is undercover. He's wearing his uh, extremely tight black T-shirt uh, and a gray. I'm gonna say it's the Oakland A's baseball team hat. 
It's because there's a letter A on it? Well, A and an apostrophe S, but it's red text. So this is like an extreme alternate Oakland A's hat. <laughs> You're a, the only one who knows that it right, doesn't I'm exist. just a huge baseball fan, so <laughs> I, I, I have to like try to parse out to see if this is like a real hat of his or not. Anyway, and he's wearing like weird his red sunglasses. Weird red sunglasses. Yeah, maybe may borrowed from Cyclops' collection. <laughs> Do they have ruby quartz in them? I don't think not so. Not important to know. <laughs> okay. So anyway, he's undercover. He like he, like, pretends to get attacked in the alleyway behind the Friends of Humanity, like, base. And they run out to see what's going on. He's like, it was a lousy mutant that got me. And they're like, oh, come in, brother. You know, they think he's another victim of, of the horrible scourge of mutants. Um, so he's breaking into uh, to the Friends of Humanity. And then, um, so that's what Wolverine's up to. But then, uh, Beast, uh, he... It's today is the day that Carly's surgery, uh, like we said, Carly's blind. It, today is the day of the results of her surgery. Mm-hmm. So Beast, uh, even though there's been a whole bunch of like craziness at the hospital, he has he shows up, and um, this is just another like funny outfit of Beast's. His inconspicuous outfit, <laughs> yeah, his like 1940s detective outfit he his, wears, like, trench coat, like a brown trench coat. Yeah, he wears like, a, and a hat. Yeah, he he wears like a floor length trench coat and a like a detective's hat, right? Fedora, as if you would never notice him because he's wearing that. Yeah, but like, he doesn't wear a shirt or pants. Well, and <laughs> he's wearing like, his blue under- hair sticks out from all sides, yeah. and like he's still enormous. Right. And there was a funny animation error we noticed in like one of these scenes where they cut back to him and he's wearing a white lab coat. It was just like a reused Yeah. Um, but continuing on, continuing on our theme from the last episode of yeah. animation errors and right, stuff. Yeah. And, and being nerdy and noticing it. It was just brief. But yeah, yeah. No no harm, no foul. Yeah. Um, and uh, Dr. Bolson like informs Beast that like, hey, you know, like it might not be a good idea for you to be here. Um, and he he lets he lets Beast in on Carly's father, like, ranting and raving to the hospital administrator, who says something like, I will not allow filthy mutant to to look after my daughter. You know, something to that effect. And Beast is, like, so crestfallen at this that her father's a bigot. Yeah. And that he can't be here for this Carly woman who's forged a real connection with. And, like, you know, has done a ton of work on. Right. I mean, <laughs> he, like, cured blindness for her. I know. Like, can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> Did Beast cure blindness? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Beast is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this is the episode where Beast cures blindness. Well, we don't really know that. Maybe he just cured, a like, a, a rare form of blindness. Maybe Carly got hit with the same chemicals that uh, hit Daredevil uh, <laughs> and, you know, blinded him, uh-huh. and he found a cure for that, you know. Um, well... I'm just trying to tie it in with the greater Marvel universe. A bit of a stretch? Yeah. Okay, maybe a bit of a stretch. All right. Um, But despite this, he still is compelled to see Carly, and she recognizes him right away, and and he's like, how do you recognize me? And she's like, your aftershave. I could smell it. Uh Uh-huh. And he's like, oh... But now that leads to the next question. Does Beast shave and what? <laughs> Maybe he'd be even hairier if he didn't. But where do you think he's shaving? His face. It's hard to tell in the show because, like, it seemingly... Because his... he'd be blue no matter what. But he, Well, do I don't know. Is like... his skin blue or is his just his fur blue? I don't know, but they do draw that... His face looks hairy to me. Uh, he definitely has mutton chops uh-huh. and like a scruffy beard thing Yeah, to an extent. But it's hard to tell if he has like got a blue-faced skin uh-huh. and it's his blue hair grows out of it. You know, it's like in the portrayal 
in the the movies, whether it was Kelsey Grammer, Nicholas Holt, I think they showed the character of Beast with blue skin. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure in the comics he has blue skin as well. I like he definitely has blue palms, right? Where there's no hair on the skin. Uh huh. So yeah, he's blue skinned. Yeah. So yeah, I guess he's shaving his face. I guess. Yeah. I wonder. It's like, do you think if he could like shave his whole body or like give himself electrolysis, he could like maybe be slightly more normal looking, or the blue no. skin would still be too freakish? I think he'd look strange no matter what. Yeah. She well, also says that like. Well, this, let me just say it before you go there. Like yeah. the story of before Beast. So in the comics, Beast wasn't blue. He like did a weird medical experiment on himself and got turned blue. Uh huh. In the movies, they make it seem like he was trying to cure his like mutancy. Right. I don't. I don't know if that was the case in the comics. It might have been. Uh, there's something weirder going on in the comics, like how he turned blue. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I'm not sure if in the comics when he turned blue, if that made his body even bigger than it was. Because pre-Blue Beast was, like, still a hulking man, you know? Wasn't he, like, adolescent, though? Like, still at an age where he was growing when he did that, though? It's hard to... Like, he might have just mm. not been, like, fully grown into his mutation. I think he was definitely in his early 20s when he uh, he turned blue. Oh. You know, and it, like, throughout the years of of comic books they they the characters age very slowly right and then they sort of stop aging at a certain point mm-hmm. like you know they start off as teenagers most of them and then a lot of them sort of stop aging by like late 20s early 30s or something okay fair enough. so who knows with beast but like before he was blue like, like i was trying to say he had like a big hulking like sort of you know not a tiny body mm-hmm. so it's like i wonder if like he just turned blue or if like his experiment made him even bigger and like more ape-like hmm so that's something else someone can inform us on, too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a question I've always wondered. Mm-hmm. All right, were you going to say something about Carly? Do you remember? Um, oh, yeah, just that she mentions, like, that he is really, like, soft blue fur mm-hmm. at some point. <laughs> and I just thought that was a funny detail because I do remember as a kid watching it wondering, like, if he had, like, coarse scruffy fur, like, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. No, it's soft, apparently. This uh, is answers your question. Apparently so, yeah. <laughs> He's real soft and cuddly. So maybe then, like, he doesn't care about shave- shaving it as much because it's not, it's not like... It's not like my beard that's real coarse and... Offensive uh, Strident to, <laughs> to yeah, soft skin. To soft skin. Mm. All right, well, that's, that's good to keep in mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, at this point, the... You know, they, they cut off Carly's bandages, and she can see, and she's not at all offended by the sight of Beast. She thinks he's pretty cool-looking, and that's really actually touching and nice. Yeah. Um, but then the father bursts in, and he's so offended at the sight of Beast and, like, says a bunch of bigoted things, and Beast, is, like, sort of shuffles off, trying to say, like, this is a day of joy, let's just leave it at that. You know, he doesn't really confront the father, mm-hmm. you know, even though he'd like to give him a piece of his mind. Yeah, um, but for Carly's sake, he's a gentleman. Right, and then... uh Beast goes home, and um, he looks at his, like, family, like, scrapbook or something, and you see him throughout... This is, like, where you briefly get his origin, sort of. Although they don't explain how he turned blue or if it was natural in the course of this show. Um, But, uh, you know, they see his photos throughout the years. He was a normal kid, and then he became more mutinous, and he just, like, looked like he had a real happy life in a lot of ways. You know, they show him, like, at, like, a university with his, like, Shazbot t-shirt and at a baseball game with a lot of friends and... What is Shazbot? Is that a real uh, thing? Yeah, it is. I don't remember. It might just be... I forget. Okay. What is Shazbot, everybody? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> um, into the magic microphone, we ask. Uh, um, 
And but he's crying now because he, it, to, even though it looks like he's been real happy and found a way to cope with being a mutant, he really hasn't. He's really like suffering deeply inside. Right. Well, he's also like a sensitive, emotional, like being. Yeah, he and, is. And, you know. Yeah, he's so thoughtful and you know, it, and it's got so much heart. And it's here that Gene uh, comes by, who's one of his like oldest friends. Um, and serves him a lunch. <laughs> and we, right. there's much debate about what exactly she was serving him. I think there's definitely an apple and a slice of cake. I thought it more looked like a taco and an apple. Oh, yeah, there was one more item, though, that might have been like a hamburger or a potato. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the, I only saw the potato like thing, and to me, from a certain angle, it looked like a taco. And I was like, a taco and an apple? <laughs> and there's definitely cooking? a slice of cake, too. Uh, okay, all right, I'll yeah. take your word for it. It was very thoughtful of Gene. Yeah, and, and um, <laughs> but Gene doesn't have much. Well, actually, you know, Gene like, gives him a big hug and reminds him that people love him. And that's the, like, the nice thing about Beast. He really has a lot of love amongst like his fellow X-Men and the community he lives in and stuff like uh-huh. everyone like gets it like everyone gets Beast that knows him yeah. you know like Wolverine is always so offended whenever Beast is trifled with right. this is like not the first time it's happened where Wolverine is like outraged that like Beast has been wrong because like Wolverine just knows how what a good person he is mm-hmm. and like that's the thing because Wolverine is a character that feels really sorry for himself a lot of the times but Beast like often reminds him that it could be worse you know that <laughs> you could be like like way more cursed with your like mutation yeah. than he is and so like Wolverine just loves Beast they're like best friends mm-hmm. so it's like it's just great to see all the friendships and you know everything that's going on it's like such a I mean again it's just like this is a show for kids but there's just the mature adult themes going on you know you don't even it's just they're just normal people they're presented as normal people and they're adults and there's not like too much like oftentimes there's like not too much crazy drama it's not like there's weird like you know sexual chemistry between gene and beast that's like amped up for drama you know what i mean they're just friends it's mm-hmm. like nothing is like they're teammates yeah they're teammates they're, like it's not not everything is like played for like you know, push 10 on the drama scale. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's just like, it's, it, lets, it lets you as the viewer breathe a bit yeah. and like accept this as like normal or real. Right. So this is a great episode if, if you haven't caught it. It really trip. is, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and we might have messed up the timeline here a little bit, but basically back at the hospital, uh, Carly is kidnapped and uh, and it's by the Friends of Humanity. They scroll like for humanity and spray paint on the hospital wall and uh and beast is like so angry because uh he like he he wasn't there for that he like stepped away for a second and runs back into the room and he confronts the father he's like don't you see now it's like your intolerance and bigotedness these are the people that kidnapped your daughter and put her in danger mm-hmm. and the father's kind of like overcome and like might finally be realizing he's an idiot <laughs> and, and so beast is like hot on the trail now too so but back to Wolverine, he's like fully, you know, he's on this case. This is like for Wolverine, for the for Wolverine taking on the friends of humanity is just like it's so easy for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like Apocalypse or Mister Sinister. Right. They're not challenging. In no, fact, he kind of like, like dudes with like laser guns that he can very easily avoid, and he <laughs> like, just like relishes beating them up. Right, they, he just, they're like, like such clear villains. You yeah, know? yeah. Like these are not multi-dimensional characters. Right. Well, they're it, it's it, but a, as a threat though they're very interesting despite they're not being multidimensional they're very the threat is very interesting cause yeah it's, yeah right they right. like, represent racism and like, i agree in that way it's it right. has depth they have depth as a, a foe right 
right? But I'm saying it's not like there's any real, like, redeeming qualities about them that are shown that would give you conflict about Wolverine going after them. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know? And, uh, and we get, like, an interesting detail. Like, while he's undercover, Wolverine says his name is John Logan. And I feel like we know... I, I, it's hard for me to tell if, if, if to the audience the cartoon is saying Wolverine Logan's first name is John, or if they're saying like we know his first name isn't John, he's just making up a first name. Uh-huh. His name is Logan, and we don't know what his real name is or uh-huh. the real complete name. So like that was like a weird moment. Like I wonder if like the cartoon was just like trying to like say it themselves like yeah he's John Logan. Hmm. I mean in the comics like it's revealed after many years that his name is like James Howlett or something, and yeah. Logan was some other name that he adopted along the way and. I was never happy with the name James Howlett. I don't know why they had to go there. Right. I think Logan's like so badass of a name, <laughs> like for especially for that character, really suits him. Like how, how he had to have this other name was like kind of beyond me. Like yeah. I don't get like why. Yeah, I agree. Narrative. I don't know why to, that twist was added. Yeah, in there, just but. like how about like just discover what his real name was? You right. know, like like Ralph Logan or something. Yeah, right. I'm not saying that's much cooler, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, I don't know if like this is the show like trying to tell kids, wow, like if you were a ten year old kid, would you say like, wow, his name's John? But I feel like me having read the comics at the time, I knew that his name couldn't be John. Like, I knew that, like... I don't know if they thought that deeply about it. I thought it was just, like, he's... Yeah, it's hard to say. Okay. Yeah, anyway, just a small detail. Um, and, uh... And then, like, you know, so Carly's captured in this, like, creepy Friends of Humanity base, and, uh, the... The FOH, uh director guy is grilling her and he's like so outraged at the thought that she might have had a relationship with beast like basically you know a sexual relationship or an intimate relationship Mm -hmm. and he's like disgusted and that's just like a great uh again a great parallel to show kids that so much of like racism uh is rooted in this weird like sexual fear too that has existed in history where, you know, like, uh, if you're racist, you don't want your precious daughter to sleep with someone from another race. Mm-hmm. And, like, how, like, could, could uh, anything else be more disgusting? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, that's, like, a, a theme that's existed in the history of racism. And the show is presenting that in this, like, little scene. Right. And showing how, you know, evil it is to think that way. Well, I think in, like traditional racism part right. of that fear. <laughs> yeah. Let's examine traditional racism. <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything real deep about this, but like part of that fear I I imagine is that it like proliferates that other race, right? Because yeah. then like the babies are gonna be like well, biracial or they, whatever. They have like, the their whole twisted concepts of race polluting and of Right, like, exactly. So I'm wondering uh, like is that a thing like does that translate into the mutant racist discussion? Like, if a mutant mm-hmm. and a human have mm-hmm. a baby, is it a mutant baby? Well, that's an excellent question, because Wolverine's plan, he's he promised Gene he's not going to seek revenge or really use violence. Uh-huh. But uh, So he kind of busts in, he rescues Carly, and Beast is also busted in as well, but he's, like, gotten beaten down by these FOH guards. It was too much for him. Yeah. So he's, like, almost near death, sort of. And not really. He's just, like, almost unconscious. And so Wolverine has to rescue Beast as well, and he's trying to get everyone out and his plan was Cyclops at this point blows a hole through the wall and Jubilee sets up a hologram machine and they don't know why and uh, he sh- it's a hologram of Sabretooth and it's like Professor X's like mutant profile on Sabretooth come to life kind of mm-hmm. and, it, and it turns out that this Creed guy is the son of uh, Sabretooth right. who is Grayton Creed Sr. and I guess this guy is Grayton Creed Jr. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so this guy Creed, he's what a human. What kind of name is Grayton? How do you spell know. that? I think it's with a G. G-R-A-Y-T-O-N. Grayton. <laughs> oh, like the color gray. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I wasn't picturing it like that. But <laughs> well, my thing is, anyway. like, I thought Sabretooth's name was Victor Creed. I mean, I haven't, like I said, I haven't, I, I read all these comics, like, in the 80s and 90s when Sabretooth was introduced, and, like, I, I, I just don't remember what, you know, it's like with Wolverine and Sabretooth, so much of their storyline was a mystery then and wasn't resolved when this cartoon came out. And that, like, plays out, too, because Wolverine hints that, like, don't I look like your father, maybe? Mm. Which, because impl- I think in the 90s, there was a suspicion that Wolverine and Sabretooth were brothers or something. Mm. Or maybe that Wolverine was his son, or Sabretooth was Wolverine's son. There's, like, some, like, weird familial, familial connection. All right. And I don't think that, like, ever, like, really ended up being the case in the comics. They just, like, knew each other from a very young age. Hmm. And the movies kind of, like, went in their own direction, too, along that path. They were, like, sort of, like, adopted brothers in a sense, you know. I, I don't know. Or they were half-brothers. I don't know. Something weird's going on between Wolverine and Sabretooth. Okay. Uh, anyway, the point is, like, I thought his name was Victor Creed. Again, Facebook fans, please, like, give us the full Sabretooth uh, breakdown of, <laughs> of, um, of what's going on there. Like, right. is he Great and Creed or is he Victor Creed? If I don't they know. cared away in. Yeah, yeah, it's like, maybe it's like the Gambit thing where it's like, they didn't know what Gambit's name was in the 90s either. He had a few different names before mm. they settled on, like, Remy LeBeau is the real one. Right. So, anyway, to answer your question again, is like, yes, like, I guess a mutant can have a human child. Mm-hmm. We don't know if, what the story with uh, Creed's, the evil Creed, well, the the Friends of Humanity evil Creed's mother was. She could have been a human or a mutant. We don't know. Right. But um, I guess it's just like... I think it's like if you're both mutants, you're more than likely to have a mutant child. Uh-huh. But I think it's like random still. I think there's like a chance that you could have a human child or... <laughs> you have a very serious look on I, your this face. Is, this, <laughs> <laughs> the recessive dre- uh, genes of mutancy are... It's a very complex case to figure out. <laughs> We have to understand how this works if we're ever getting any serious research done. <laughs> um, anyway, and and then it's like, so once this Creed guy and his goons are presented with the fact that his father was a mutant, a really vile one, in fact, this uh, Creed guy has like a real freak out tangent. It's like, no, 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 you're not my father. You're not my father. You're not my father. And he's like shooting up his own place. And at that yeah. point, they just, the X-Men just slowly leave. And, yeah. uh, and, and that's like a weird like inverse... It's like a, a story about like fathers and children mm-hmm. because like Carly's father hates mutants, but and Creed the son hates his father because he is a mutant. It's mm-hmm. a lot of like that theme. Father issues. Father issues. Yeah, with mutancy going on. Mm-hmm. And um, but at, there's like a nice like beat at the end of this episode because once Carly's safe, you know they sort of he kisses her on the head. I thought they were gonna like make Beast out. Does, yeah. yeah, I thought they were gonna make out for a second. Beast mm-hmm. deserved that. He needed like a nice kiss. Yeah. And also, my question to you: Do you think it'd be like nice to kiss Beast, or do you think it's gross? Well, apparently <laughs> his face is very furry and soft. So. Or is does that the part he shaves? Are you, <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. See, either way, either way, it's fine. <laughs> you think it's fine either way? It's okay. Well, but the thing is that like he basically is like breaking up with her at that point. Yeah, he is. It's really sad, and it's like, why is he breaking up with her? Like, she like fully accepts him, and the fa- and like we I didn't say it yet, but the father fully accepts Beast at the end. He thinks he says, "How could I ever thank you again?" Right. And but Beast says, "This is a start." Beast understands that them being together could put Carly in danger. Oh, right, because he's an X Man, and yeah. he doesn't want her to be in danger. Right. But that goes back to like the advice that Jean was giving him when she brought him that fantastic 
apple right cake and taco meal. <laughs> like taco she, hamburger because beast was was worrying about the same thing at that point and gene basically was like well you know shouldn't that be carly's decision right to make? yeah he's like you know like yeah, give he, her a chance to decide for herself and beast was like oh yeah and to that i say good advice gene that's yeah, yeah but that's be, exactly right i get it but, but then at the end of the episode he's he's not he's not following that advice he's just he's too insecure still yeah he's got too many issues and who could blame him? He, you know, and, and as for it's as true. centered he's as he is, he's still furry. well. I mean, he's just got a lot of issues. I mean, you can't. It, it's hard for him to to live with him. He has to find his own way to live with himself. Right. And it, it, for him to have the dalliance of a regular relationship might be like too much mm-hmm. in that moment. Although I, in the comics, though, I, I'm pretty sure Beast has several relationships, and he's like quite more normalized in a sense too. He really, like, Beast in the comics is even more confident and self-assured, I think, than this version of Beast. He's very, you know, he joins the Avengers at some point. He's just out and about in the world. He, at times, he, like, actually, he reverts back to being a human. Um, really? Com- yeah, like, briefly. He gets some kind of cure, but it almost kills him. And then, he, like, his mutation, like, gets worse at some point. He turns, he goes from being, like, a big ape man to, like, a big cat man hmm. that's even more mutated. And, he, like, he loses more dexterity in his fingers and stuff. Oh. This was in the Grant, Grant Morrison run, the famous comic book author. He uh-huh. makes him even more, like, monstrous. Huh. And be- and that, that was, like, an interesting, I think that was in, like, the, the new X-Men in the early 2000s. He Beast says something, like, he's still... Dealing with struggling with his mutation, he says, "Like I can't even. I used to be able to play guitar, and like I can't even do that anymore." And mm-hmm. Wolverine says something to him. He does not like joining his pity party. He's like, "Well, learn to play drums or something, <laughs> something like that." So the character of Beast is always forever interesting mm-hmm. and um, and forever brilliant. So um, that just about uh, wraps up this episode. Um, I w- the next episode will be Mojo Vision, one of the best episodes in the show's history, and one of the real weird, unique spin-off episodes too. Um, bef- and that that will come right before we sort of close up season two with a two-parter. That's right. So Mojo Vision, look out for that. Um, I want to thank uh, on the Facebook group uh, uh, our friend, I believe his name is Adam, caught our eye because he said something really cool the other day. Uh, like I was concerned with like the retconning of storylines, like how Angel at one point is shown like having been an original team member, but he's clearly established before then as like never having met the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And Adam brought up the idea that like, oh, maybe it's all the like crazy time traveling that's going on that's messed up the, the timeline. Yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Bender from Futurama, that's thinking with your ass. <laughs> so, so thanks, Adam. <laughs> yeah, good on Adam. That's a really cool idea. I, I like that idea that the, just like the, the idea of time travel just can allow the writers to just to screw with everything yeah you know names people being places they shouldn't be like <laughs> be uh trench coat changing yep. <laughs> back yep. and forth the timelines is blinking in and out of existence <laughs> um yeah so uh that's all we got so again uh another reminder to uh subscribe to us on itunes wherever you listen to podcasts rate us five stars leave us a review um that really goes a long way to getting the word out there follow me on twitter at willie simpson Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Uh, join the X-Men Task Facebook group. Um, we'd love to chat with you there, and you can impress us with your uh, great X-Men knowledge or history. But no pressure. You can also just chat. Yeah, and and I, <laughs> you know, and a lot of people post a lot of great stuff in there, and I, I don't always mention it on the podcast. Um, I, I always try to give people their props in the Facebook group. and I, So just like a 
just I'm sorry if you said something really cool and I just forgot about it. <laughs> you know, when we record these things, it's like it's hard to like have the internet up at the same time and review everything. So yeah. it's just sort of like uh, if I don't say something uh, you posted that was really cool, it's just because my memory I can't remember in the moment. But uh, I love all you guys out there. You're doing a great job contributing to the little community we got going. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's all the uh, plugs I have for now. Um, uh, next week it'll be Mojo Vision and then we'll be like I said we'll be wrapping up season 2 and then perhaps some more fun sort of bonus episodes along the way or in between and uh, that's all I have to say Sonia do you have any last words for all the Beast fans out there <laughs> see you next time <laughs> no and <laughs> 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 <Right>, goodbye <laughs>